1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: You're listening to KLT, KLT-HD2 an Odyssey Station. Let's do the 8 at 8, the Ocho, 8 stories to get your day going. Here one, we go. One. one. All-Star Weekend is here, and um, if you're into the NBA All-Star Game, you're, uh, this is your weekend. You get the dunk contest, you get a little three-point shooting. You get C.J. Stroud in the Celebrity Game tonight. Um going up against Micah Parsons. There's other TikTokers and YouTubers and things like that in the game. I'm going to be focused on C.J. Stroud. C.J. is he's, he's basically on the celebrity fake game circuit right now, Seth, because he played in Travis Scott's charity softball game at Minute Maid Park last night. I You brought this up. There was footage of him hitting bombs in batting practice. My wife texted me and said C.J. actually hit a home run in the game, too. Oh, so okay, yeah, same. so he had yeah. one that counted at least. How are you with CJ playing and all this celebrity stuff in the off season?
3: I'm not super stoked about it, but I'm trying to act like I'm too cool to care. I'm trying real hard. <laughs> like God, I'm, I'm leaning up against the wall, my hands in my pocket, one foot up on the wall, yeah. you know, like behind me, and just like, oh I'm cool. That's baby. a
2: super specific answer that I wasn't expecting, but I like
3: it. <laughs> smoking a cigarette (laughs) and, like, trying not to cough. (laughs) uh, That's what I am right now. I'm smoking a cigarette and trying not to cough. I'm, like, trying to look like I smoke cigarettes all the time. Holding
2: a sneeze in. "Ah, It's
3: uh, totally fine. Uh, (laughs) 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 That's
2: a good description. (laughs) I don't want him doing anything than a light jog tonight on the basketball court. And I don't want him jumping. I I don't want him
3: playing defense at all. At all. I want the criticism. I want them to blame him. For not playing defense yeah, uh, for yeah. the reason that they lose. CJ. Like, well, CJ would play a little defense. Right. My God. I want CJ
2: to get a lot of effort smoke on social media tonight. So a,
3: his only defense allowed is like a, a, a stab at a steal, but like, you know, just one shot if you don't get it and then let the guy That's run it. past Let yeah. him go. Like peak James Harden, peak bad James Harden. Right, right. Board. Like James Remember Harden? when he would like, people would try to say he was a good defense. There was a stretch before he kind of bought in, but there was a stretch where people would try to justify uh, his defensive presence is saying, "Look at all his steals! Like, oh, they were the laziest steals ever. He was going for a steal so he wouldn't have to defend. Right. And if he and he would and if he missed the steal, it was just like, bye. Have a have a nice trip on your way to the basket. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Um, we go from
2: C.J. Stroud to a former Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Legal news still ongoing with Deshaun Watson. Nearly three years after the first lawsuits against him were filed, God, it was three years ago. By multiple women, Deshaun Watson might have to testify again in one of the remaining cases that accuses him of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. Now, here's what you need to know: the the one in particular that we're talking about here is not a Tony Busby plaintiff. This is this is another woman who actually filed her lawsuit against Deshaun in October of 2022. So Deshaun Watson was in the middle of his 11 game suspension when this lawsuit hit the courts. What's at what's it? Um, being discussed here is Deshaun Watson needing to testify one more time because in his previous testimony in a deposition back in June, uh, he, Watson's attorney Rusty Harden improperly instructed Watson not to answer. In the eyes of this woman's attorney, improperly instructed Watson not to answer certain questions about other cases, cases that had been settled already, such as whether he had been sexually aroused during massage sessions in in those lawsuits. So Rusty is arguing like those aren't relevant, those are confidential, those are sealed, you're coming in at the last minute here and suing and
3: Yeah. Um I I think the whole thing about the last minute stuff is that like Rusty's playing a little bit of a PR game here where look, like, it wasn't a class action suit. It wasn't like one of these things where, you know, you have to sign up by a certain date or you lose the right to participate. Like that's a class action suit thing. These were all separate lawsuits. And and it's also kind of ignoring that, you know, women Uh, the possibility that, like, again, these are allegations at this point, but in general, uh, you know, with sexual assault, it's not like uh, women are, if a woman's been sexually assaulted, she's like, well, I'm ready to, okay, it's been six months, I'm ready to prosecute. Like, uh, it's just, that's not the way it works. So, Well, you know, whether they're valid allegations or not and what have you, it'll play through the court process. But her coming in at the last moment, that's not like a valid legal argument or anything. There's a statute of limitations or there's not. And the other cases don't have anything to do with it.
2: Yep. Three. Three. Uh, P.J. Tucker, former Rocket. We'll go quick on this one. uh, Fined $75,000 for expressing his desire to be traded. Some of you may go, what team is he on? I haven't heard from P.J. in a long time. Uh, Just look where James Harden is, and that's where P.J. Tucker is, okay? He's a Los Angeles Clipper. He doesn't want to be a Clipper anymore because he's not playing. Seth, on the one hand, I admire P.J. Tucker's competitive spirit to want to actually play basketball. He's buried on the bench right now. Um, on the other hand, you're under contract to an NBA team, and you're PJ Tucker. What are you doing, agitating? For you're Thirty-eight years old, publicly I don't know, yeah. doing well, interviews. It's been like
3: this now for you know. We saw it in Houston, and uh, I don't know. I, I have a hard time because I, I like PJ Tucker, I and do too. I want to continue liking him. I think it's just the, the way the world in the NBA now is that uh, athletes are very empowered and just flat out uh, screaming their way out of situations.
2: Even the PJ yeah. Tuckers of the world. Rob Manfred will step down in 2029 as commissioner of baseball when his deal is up. That was the news making the rounds yesterday. Manfred did a press conference yesterday where he talked about a a number of different topics. Um, So Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred's a complicated one, Seth, for people here in Houston. Because on the one hand, the rest of the country thinks that Manfred wasn't hard enough on the Astros. On the other hand, there's Astro fans who are going, look, everybody was doing the cheating back in 2017. And you whack the Astros pretty good with those draft picks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think the global, like to me, if the biggest thing that Manfred has done since he became commissioner that's had the biggest impact are the rule changes from last year. And I think those are by and large pretty good. I don't think Manfred's been a horrible commissioner for baseball. That's
3: a, You know, that's an interesting part of it all. If you, if you set aside any of the various scandals or some of the, um, the things that Rob Manfred did with or without the Astros, those rule changes that he was kind of chipping away at for years and people would constantly say, well, like, oh, well, that's not going to save baseball. Well, that's not going to save baseball. They made these little incremental changes. And then in one fell swoop last year, implemented a bunch of them and... Maybe it was coincidence, but it's hard to believe that it was. But man, attendance spiked, viewership spiked, everything just looked like people got way more into baseball. Yeah, I'll credit him with that. And yeah, with the, as far as all the other stuff um, on the Astros being better than everybody else scandal, you know, I don't put it on man for A lot of the people that cr- people, both from the, the Astro from Houston and outside of Houston, a lot of the criticisms of the way the league that handled that whole scenario really falls on the players association itself it falls on the astros players themselves in terms of just you know hindsight being 2020 20, they pro- probably none of them should have talked because i don't think that they had the players association had a really good case that there was no punish that mlb wouldn't be able to punish them anyway um so like hindsight being 2020 20, the Astros probably shouldn't have participated in the, uh, like, they shouldn't have accepted that immunity. And then maybe just it doesn't go anywhere and they don't find anything else out. But whatever. Uh, like, like, But if the enemy of my enemy is my friend, then Rob Manfred is my friend because everybody else in baseball seems to hate him. Seems he, angry. Seems <laughs> like, he, like they, that he took it too easy on the Astros. That's right.
2: Five. Five. Uh, congratulations to Caitlin Clark, Iowa women's basketball player, broke the NCAA career scoring record last night. She's a beast, man. She's really, really good. Scored four. I. She broke the record in a game where she set her career high with 49 points and broke the record on a shot from like the logo at midcourt. Like early in the game, it wasn't like a half court heave or anything. She just pulled up from about 30 feet and, uh, and knocked down a three to break the uh, record. You brought up this point earlier in the show, Seth, when we talked about this. Um, you know, Caitlin Clark may be at the forefront of a sort of a sweet spot in women's basketball. Yeah. where as compared to the WNBA um, women can stick around and, and at schools like Iowa where the program is prominent make more money doing Nil than going to the WNBA
3: there's some like in, in women's sports it's interesting like some of the programs that have really created like a fervor around those programs and uh, like Nebraska with volleyball I, like women I, I believe women's volleyball has their own arena in Nebraska if I'm not wrong, and I know Oregon's like that Um You know, and and with places like Iowa with basketball, yeah. There's uh, for whatever reason, just it 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 really hits in some of the college atmospheres more so than it does elsewhere. I guess probably going forward, Caitlin Clark's always going to be able to capitalize off of that Iowa connection. Yeah, maybe like maybe more so than she'll be able to capitalize off of any of her pro connections. Yeah,
2: she's she's awesome. She's really really good.
3: She also she has that uh, she has that special quality of being really really good. But also she pisses people off, yeah, which also brings more eyeballs, you know yeah. like that just gets gets more people that much more engaged on uh, on, a, on opponents that she plays. I've seen that like that's where the women's basketball has been on my on my timeline more I think because of opposing fan bases that want to stick it to Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. like they just hate Caitlin Clark yeah uh, than, than maybe any other thing over the last I couple of years. I think that's
2: good for the sport, man yeah
3: yeah, no, totally yeah. 100%. when it's yeah when one of your best players is also like the, the most divisive yeah.
2: Um, EA Sports dropped their intro trailer yesterday for their college football video game that's coming out later this year. It's returning after a lengthy absence. Seth, I'm not a huge video game guy, but when I was playing video games back in the day, I loved the EA Sports college football video game because of the level of detail that it went into. The full reveal is expected in May, but this is a game that hasn't been made since 2013 because of the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit back in the day looking for royalties from stuff like this. Um EA Sports just shut it down. But now that we live in a world with NIL and things like that, and the players can get paid to be part of something like this, you gamers who love that college football video game, it will be back in your lives shortly, in a matter of months. And the trailer looked awesome. <laughs> it may get me back into video games.
3: Yeah, this <laughs> is the the big uh, I, I've heard a lot of wistful nostalgia for uh for that and the ability to the ability to you know create your own team and all that. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, man. Play dynasty yeah. mode. They've got like the to train-
3: start playing I got start playing more video games are you just, sure gotta, yeah no like, and by that I mean any video games at all yeah. I do I do feel like I need to play Madden just to, uh, just to be able to connect with our listeners better and then also I you know, like just to really ingrain some of the coverage stuff and everything and some of the routes and route concepts and all that yeah I mean you hear kids these days credit Madden a lot with learning learning how to play quarterback Early on, so Tyrese if I'm Hill. ever going to make it as a quarterback in the NFL, I got to get to playing some yeah, Madden. Yeah, you got to get
2: started. You got to get started yeah. on your Madden career. Seven. Um, Patrick Mahomes was so confident that his team would win the Super Bowl this year that he actually predicted that it would happen before his regular season even ended. This is an actual story. This is how short we are in headlines today. The reason we know this is because his wife Brittany leaked out some family texts after the Super Bowl, and in one of the texts, which was from January the 5th, which was before the Week 18 set of games, Patrick sent a short 10-word message to his wife. I've decided we are going to win the Super Bowl, Patrick wrote. Okay, these reporters that are treating this like this was some sort of prediction. Like It's not like he went on a radio show. It's not like he went on a TV show. He sent yeah, his like wife... It's no-
3: name Joe it out by the pool before yeah, the Super Bowl or whatever. I'm yeah. so frustrated
2: this is a story that
3: <laughs>
2: Patrick Mahomes <laughs> predicted a Super Bowl. He sent a text to his wife.
3: I decided we were going to win the Super Bowl. That was a Friday at 1.20 p.m. Mm, All right. Okay. It's good. I'm glad. When actually the story is... It took him that long to decide they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Okay. You're talking about, was he on the fence in December? Like, ah, I don't know if I want to or not. I just, uh. He might have been on the fence.
2: They were playing badly in December.
3: Yeah. I don't, but like, uh, yeah, that's the story that everybody's ignoring. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes waited until January to decide to win the Super Bowl. I'm
2: glad you made that decision, Patrick. Yeah.
3: Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. It's good that you didn't. You you probably thought of your teammates, maybe. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh. Eight, eight. eight is going to be Mattress Mac here. We're going to get to Max picks here in just a second. That's the eight at eight, the Ocho. Hey, coming up next, the position, a position that may be getting overlooked right now is a position of need for the Texans. The Athletic pointed this out. And as I went and looked at the depth chart, I said, whoa, this is a big concern. We will have that for you coming up next. But first, let's get to it. 8.15 a.m., on a uh, on a friday it is time for max picks the owner and founder of gallery furniture mattress mac jim mackenville and mac it's president's day weekend and i know each and every year gallery furniture you got that big president's day sale going on out of gallery furniture don't you
4: it is Sean, the biggest best sale in gallery furniture's 42 year history george washington couldn't tell a lie he chopped down the cherry tree and we've chopped prices throughout the store so it's a great time to come out to gallery furniture this friday saturday sunday monday Huge four-day President's Day sale. Buy online, buy in the store, buy it. Gallery Furniture delivers free, free, free today. You'll have great new furniture in your home tonight. Huge markdowns throughout the store. Lots of Made in America furniture markdown. All
2: right, there you go. So the President's Day sale coming up here this weekend. Get on out to Gallery Furniture. Hey, Mac, we know we do your picks here. We'll do the Coug game in just a second, but congrats on hitting your Super Bowl pick last week.
4: Yeah, Blind Hog found an acorn. That's what happened. Okay, <laughs> whatever the case, you won your
2: pick. The Chiefs won the game. Let's get to the Cougs, the Cougs. And, of course, we know you got that two-for-promotion going on involving the Cougs and the Strohs. But they're hosting the University of Texas this weekend out at the Fertita Center. I looked ahead at the line, and I'm seeing 10-point spread. Cougs favored against the Longhorns. Last time we're going to see this matchup in a while, Mac, with the Longhorns moving to the SEC. Who do you got?
4: Got to go with those Cougs. Home court advantage, uh, huge. I, I like the Longhorns team, but they're not ready this year. The Cougs are. This could be the year the Cougs win it all. And if you buy a mattress right now, at Gallery Furniture four thousand plus, the Cougs win it all. You purchase free, free, free. Going to Cougs, laying the 10, no problem.
2: Love that. Laying the 10. All right, Mac, let's talk about it one more time. It's President's Day weekend, and you're chopping those prices for the President's Day sale.
4: George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, Sean. And we chopped prices throughout the store at Gallery Furniture's huge President's Weekend Super Sale. So if you ever wanted to buy furniture this weekend, it's your time. We got easy financing. We got great free delivery the same day. We got the best furniture bargains in the world. Come out to Gallery Furniture Presidents' Day weekend sale. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Get up. the sooner you get out, the better choice you get of the beautiful furniture. Buy it today, Galloway Furniture delivers free, free, free tonight, Sean.
2: All right, Mac, go answer that phone and enjoy the games this weekend.
4: Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
1: All right, so The Athletic had an article where
2: they listed the major needs, one major need for each of the 32 teams. And when people, when people ask me, Seth, or when I get into conversations with Texan fans or friends about the Texans, like, hey, what do you think, what do you think they need to do this offseason? Like, what do you think they need to get? I, my mind immediately goes to the interior of the defensive line, the running back room, the running game in general, but the running back room. Weapons for C.J. Stroud, like for whatever reason, maybe it's a blind spot, but I I didn't realize how thin they are at cornerback, and that's the position that that uh, Mike Jones of the Athletic says the Texans have a major need at. I've seen some mock drafts that have them drafting cornerbacks, um, but I just I guess I'd either not expended the energy to look, but their current depth yeah. chart at cornerback is. Super, super, th- it's Derek Stingley Jr. and Kadar Holman and a couple of dudes that are on reserve contracts right now. Like, that's it. I mean, they got Steven Nelson going to free agency, and we'll hear from Steven Nelson in just a second. Um, Tavier Thomas, free agent. Desmond King, free agent. D'Angelo Ross, if you want to throw him in there, free agent. So they're cornerback, like, hey, man, I could see the 23rd overall pick being a cornerback right now. Or does this, does this increase the urgency of bringing back Steven Nelson for you when you look at it?
3: Um I, I I think that the Steven Nelson part is interesting cuz Steven Nelson uh played very well five interceptions last year including the playoff one right um and I think that he he played very well in this scheme specifically so I like the idea of having him I guess the only thing I'm worried about with him is because, I, I, like D'Amico said, he wants to spend money up front. It's going to start and stop with up front. I don't think you need to have uh, the same level of cornerbacks as they have in Kansas City. If, you know, that's a Kansas City. Look, man, Spags is going to blitz a lot. When you blitz, you better have guys that can play man on the back end, and that's just not D'Amico's mo. And not that it doesn't help having awesome cornerbacks. I just don't think they want to spend big. I guess the question with Steven Nelson is, all right, we already know that going into his last season, he felt like he was worth more than he was being paid, and now that he's had, uh, now that he's, now that he got five interceptions this year and was part of a very uh, big improvement on defense, is he going to be insulted with whichever offer the Texans give him? Yeah. I feel like he will be. Uh, well. I feel like he will be. <laughs> like, and even if uh, Even if he doesn't receive more in free agency, I just don't know if the... If they, I, I don't know if it's going to allow for Stephen Nelson to be here and be happy with his contract, and
2: I'm going to let you set up these cuts that we've got from Stephen Nelson here, but that's really interesting because that was my that was what I was going to say to you was like okay, well let's let the market insult him first, and uh, yeah, then, you
3: know, yeah. Like, is he going to be insulted that the Texans didn't make him an offer leading into free agency, yeah. um, or is this yeah, is this a situation where the Texans say, hey, listen, because this is where he, I, I feel like with Stephen Nelson, we've got a track record now where all right, you got to manage. You gotta manage whether he feels respected or not. Yeah. And I think that it might be you gotta approach him the right way and say, Hey, listen, we respect the hell out of you and we don't want there to be any qualms or reservations about the contract. So let's just have you go out there and see what the market is and see, you know, what we can pay, and that way if you come back, we'll all be good with it. You gotta you gotta be very delicate in doing that because some guy, some guys are still gonna see that as disrespect and say, Well, like, you didn't wanna pony up to begin with. So, this is Steven Nelson on his on his podcast. Um he's only got a few episodes of it out. And I know Landry and John played some of this yesterday, but I know I know that they were uh I think they were a little bit more just uh Uh, they were having fun just up uh, going along and commenting it as it was, as it was about
2: how bad the quality of the podcast was to them.
3: (laughs) I I tend to like, look, it's, it's yeah, it's a player podcast. Like he's not a broadcasting professional. It's his first shot at it. There's going to be some dead air and blank spots and everything like that. I thought that he said some, I thought that he did say some pertinent things relative to the Texans. So just to set the stage, as uh, many of you recall last year, uh, at one point in the offseason, Stephen Nelson had tweeted out um, – or did he do it on Instagram? Whatever it was. It was a picture of a vest and said – he said something along the lines of, you can't trust the clown who wears one of these every day. Yeah. Uh, you can't trust somebody who wears one it's of these summer. every day with a cl- yeah. clown emoji. Yeah, And uh, the, it, it was all – he was talking about Nick Casario. Right. But it, it started with Steven Nelson in the offseason feeling like he deserved a little bit more money than what his contract was. Um, and he was thinking about sitting out mandatory minicamp, which would have been a $90,000 fine or somewhere thereabouts. They discussed this leading into it. Uh, but but Steven Nelson got on the phone with his agent before he skipped, before he was, as he was planning skipping uh, mandatory minicamp. And this is what he said
5: You know, my agent you know, reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I think you should go yeah. and, you know, just show face, be around the team, mm-hmm. you know, new head coach, whatever. You know, Make it saying? make it a good look. Yeah, make the right, do the right thing. Yeah, there so you go. So, for me, that's just been my character and how I get down anyway. So, of course, I'm going to rationalize mm-hmm. and do the right thing. So, I went, and then my agent was like, hey, you know, do this, and, you know, maybe something might work out or come out of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, cool. Long story short, man, we get, like, day three. I'm like, damn, I ain't heard nothing.
3: <laughs> okay. Day three. This is where he started to lose me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like yeah, it's minicamp. I, like, I think like he wants to go and do the right thing and be upfront and everything. And then, like, he assumed that just by showing up the mandatory minicamp, day three. surely I'll have an offer by day three of minicamp. Right? First day, <laughs> calls his
2: agent. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I was here all day. They didn't, they didn't even talk to me.
3: <laughs> this is a class of like, hey, I've been chopping wood on this big ass tree, uh, for like for a good 45 minutes, and it's not down Still yet. What's not going falling? on? I've been trying to. Still <laughs> why not is this falling. Still not falling. Yeah. <laughs> <Day I> just, <laughs> at this point, I'm, at this point, I'm empathizing with Stephen Nelson's agent more than anything. Right. Like I don't. You know what? You know what? I guess maybe the agent should have explained. Yeah, you should go show up, do the stand up thing. Don't get fined ninety thousand dollars. That doesn't mean that you're going to get the new contract right now but this is where this is where it gets interesting there's a reason that by day three steven nelson was getting agitated and i did the the math and worked on the calendar and i figured out exactly what happened here Ooh. but this is why he was upset that he wasn't offered by the end of minicamp
5: i feel like you know i'm giving a good impression i done came back uh-huh you know what i'm saying being a good team guy i'm like damn i know we're get something done my agent feeling good Man, they end up doing something else with somebody else contract. Oh god! I ain't gonna speak on nobody else situation, but you know, you know my boy. I'm you know I'm, I want everybody to get paid. That's part of this part of this business. Well, damn. Well, when well, my turn coming around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know yeah, nah, I that? feel you. I feel you.
3: <laughs> okay, so and, and he did. He made it. He went on to really emphasize, like, "Look, I'm totally cool. It didn't didn't mean I don't like these other guys or anything, but what the hell? You know, I just wanted to get paid. I'm I'm almost positive he's talking about Malik Collins because mandatory minicamp officially uh, was June 13th and 14th. Yep, they must have yep. gotten there a day earlier or whatever just to make it three days. Uh, on June 14th, uh, they signed Malik Collins to a two year extension. There you go. You cracked so, the code, my
2: friend. Nice job.
3: Yes. So he's talking about the Malik Collins. So. So apparently Steven Nelson goes to minicamp and is like trying to do the right thing. But then by day three of minicamp, he finds out, or by the last day of minicamp, he finds out, wait, Malik Collins is getting an extension, uh, but I'm not. That's when, that's when things got hairy. And, (laughs) and he explains, I feel like he's still a little bit naive about everything with social media, he explains exactly how he expressed his discontent.
5: I maybe I took it a little bit too far, I lashed out on social media and that ain't even in my character. You know, I made a little joke about, you know, you know, Nick's vest or wardrobe or whatever. Case may be. Um uh, but it went I didn't think it would was 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 borrow as it as it went. And plus, it's like I didn't even mention the guy's name. Mm-hmm. So like that just goes to show the power of social media. Like you got all these millions and random people, they're going to blow everything up. <laughs>
3: that part I like. He's like, you know, I made this tweet about Nick Casario. Oh, okay, so obviously it was definitely about Nick Casario. Yeah. Um, but I didn't say his name. Right. And I didn't
2: expect people to know who I was talking about.
3: <laughs> then why post it?
2: Why is he talking about it now on a podcast? That's what I want to know. He
3: wanted to clear the air.
2: Okay. I mean, like, it's, it feels like they made him a freaking captain. It feels like it's water under the bridge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm saying if I were, I I'm saying if I, like, to Steven Nelson, you're a free agent. Everything is an audition for the other 31 teams too right now, including you sitting down on a podcast. I'll be one that probably won't be that listened to. And sitting yeah. here and rehashing something where you were a bit of a problem child. Let's face it.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. let, well, let's that, talk about this. Okay, well, now I think this is the thing. I think in Steven Nelson's mind, that wasn't as big a deal as people made it out to be. Uh, and he actually explained it thusly.
5: I was uh, like me. You got to understand the type of person I am. Like I'm confident yeah. in my abilities and who I am. There you go. There and you what go. I meant to the to the team as a whole. So I felt security in that way but people you know on the outside looking in like bro what you doing like Mm -hmm. you trying to get cut like this and that i'm like yeah you rocking the boat i wish they would cut me for what i ain't i ain't put my hands on nobody <laughs> that's
2: the, I guess that's the bar.
5: <laughs> that's a classic. It's the yeah. bar. Hey, that, man, I didn't kill anybody.
2: That's a pleasant
3: Terrell Owens argument yeah. of like, hey, there's other people out there who are doing actually really bad things. My bad thing isn't as bad as their things. So certainly uh, there could be no, there should be no repercussions for this. Yeah.
2: That would have been interesting. Like if they, let's pretend that the Texans saw that as a fireball offense, that they did cut him. Yeah. Does Steven Nelson coming off of his 2022 season end up getting much more than. He was already set. He's
3: set to make I think 5 million with the Texans. Like does he Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember who the well, the guy the guy that they let test free agency that seemed kind of disgruntled that the Texans didn't offer him more was um, the running back uh, several years ago who ended up uh, Oh, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, it was Carlos Hyde. And remember people were like <laughs> People, were, Carlos Hyde had a little stretch with whoever he ended up with two teams later um, where he played well either in the playoffs or leading up to the playoffs. And and people acted like the Texans were idiots for not re-signing him. He was making less money than the Texans had offered Texans him. Offered like him the Texans offered
2: him two years, $10 million. They offered him $5 yeah, million Yeah, and
3: Carlos Hyde was like, thought that was ridiculous. He goes out, doesn't get anywhere close to that money. Um, and uh, like, that's, that's yeah, that's the risk you run. Yep. Especially in the summer, too, when who knows what Steven Nelson would have gotten. But I, you know, by the same token... I would say, look, if if Nick Casario had gotten sensitive about that and cut Stephen Nelson, I think it could have met a couple fewer wins for the Texans this year. He was good. It was, yeah. He, he yeah. was good
2: this year. I, I think that yeah. needs to be pointed out. Like, Stephen Nelson was good. If they're going to bring him back, it probably will be for slightly more money than he was making. He's 30. He's I, in yeah. his 30s now. That, there is that.
3: This is the whole thing. Stephen Nelson telling this story doesn't make me more sympathetic to him. It does... It does put some context to it to where I do think that he he'd probably I he never really really like he kind of expressed regret that he had handled it the way he did he said he probably shouldn't have um you know and I think that I don't think he's I think the big message is maybe that he was trying to get out is like I'm not that type of guy I'm not like a problem or whatever I think it's clear obviously that he does have some. He's got. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder yeah. as to as far as the respect that he's showed or what have you. But it's probably manageable. Like none of it. It doesn't make me feel better about Stephen Nelson's kind of status or leadership ability or anything. But it also, I, like after having listened to it, I feel like the Texans could come to terms with him. Um, and he'd just be. A, he'd be a solid citizen. But it, it's just. It's going to be a little bit more sensitive. Uh, and you gotta manage it just right. Yeah. And if if something better comes along, I would I would leap at it. But it's not like I'm gonna close the door on Steven Nelson.
2: I kinda like the way Legeria Sneed handled his free agency on Kay Adams podcast yesterday. Yeah. Here was that.
6: What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say?
5: Uh, pay me.
4: <laughs> pay me pay me <laughs> that's what i got to say pay me
6: okay i mean i don't even know i think that we have to wrap it there pay the man
3: good job k adams yeah the dante robinson approach except that you know without putting it on his shoes, on his shoes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i
2: see just be direct just be clear tell them what you want yeah. you want to get paid Legereus Sneed, Kansas City that's all, cornerback.
3: Yeah, that's all fair and well and good at this point um, of the season. So Legereus Sneed, though, like, yeah, I'd love to have Legereus Sneed. I don't think that's where the Texans plan on spending their money. Like, uh, It's not that he wouldn't be a huge asset. It's just that, like D'Amico said, they want to start up front and build it from up front yeah. and not have to, you know, it's awesome if you're a team that blitzes a lot to have those cornerbacks, but that's not... Who they necessarily they're, want
2: to be? They're not going to splurge at corner. Their splurge at cornerback is going to be when they extend Derek Stingley Jr. in the
3: next couple of years.
2: That, that'll yeah. be their that'll be their splurge at, at, at cornerback.
3: All right. dante by the way was um i think the story i had talked to him about that a long time ago those are the shoes he'd kind of been working out in during the off season and like as a made of a motivation he had written pay me rick on him and they were like the shoes that he had and were broken in when he got when he showed up to the team mm-hmm. and he really didn't put any thought into it until all of a sudden <laughs> until all of a sudden they uh kevin cooper or somebody came up to him i was like hey man you don't want to take those off. You might want to take those off, and you realize, like, oh, oh, <laughs> Stephen Nelson did. Yeah. Like,
2: I didn't think anybody would yeah. know what I was talking about yeah. <laughs> by putting Pay Me Rick on my shoes. I,
3: I believe Dante. Like Dante, honestly, he just wasn't that kind of guy. I like he didn't generally try to uh, pull attention to himself yeah. that way. But it was funny. All
2: right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Friday. All right, I um, I would like to propose a new rule on social media, and it's based on all the Chris Farley videos that wound up on my timeline yesterday. On what would have been his 60th birthday. I am proposing a new social media rule and you will hear it next.
7: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
6: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
4: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast.
2: Uh, Pain and Pendergast with you. All right, so for whatever reason, yesterday, like I don't follow Saturday Night Live on, uh, on Twitter, like I don't do a lot of tweeting about Saturday Night Live, past or present. Um, but Chris Farley, it was his birthday, would have been his 60th birthday yesterday. And as a result, there were a lot of tweets set that were Chris Farley would have turned 60 today, and then it would have a video of one of his skits on Saturday Night Live, right? You know, the yeah, Matt Foley yeah. motivational speaker, you know, whatever Chris Farley skit. Where he ran in, coked up, screaming his guts out. That skit, you know, all of Chris Farley's skits, other than the Paul McCartney one, where he just told him he was awesome the whole interview. That was pretty good. Um, so so I got a lot of those yesterday. Got into a bit of a wormhole because I was never a huge Chris Farley guy as far as comedy yeah. goes, and I'm curious your opinion on Farley because you, I know you're you're a big comedy fan, stand up comedy and whatnot. Were you a Chris Farley I'm a fan guy? of laughter? Sean. Yeah, you're a I'm fan a of fan laughter, of mirth.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Um, were you a where was him mirth? Where were
3: you on where were you on Chris Farley back in the day? Uh, I liked him a lot. You did? I wasn't. I like I like guys that are um like more. I I like I, like I like witty comedians. Um, like Andy's big into the physical comedy, so she I, she loved you, Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, you know how it is with SNL though, too. It's like, um, every, there's like few key skits that stand out that are always awesome. And in your mind, it was always an awesome show when in reality, going back to the 1980s, it's, it's had two good skits per show. Yeah. Um, and those are the ones that stick out, but yeah, yeah he was just fine. He was it's fine. not like Tommy boy's my favorite movie or anything though.
2: Right. Yeah. He was fine. I like the, I know there's people that over the top love Chris Farley. I think you probably, You probably just there touched on what the delineation is. Like, if you love physical comedy, you probably think he's one of the top three or four funniest guys ever in the history of SNL. If you're more into wittiness and clever comedy, then you probably maybe tolerated Chris Farley. Here's here's my thing. And tell me if I'm being mean here. Okay. But all the tweets were, Chris Farley would have turned 60 today. Today would have been Chris Farley's 60th birthday. And I think to myself, I'm like, man, Chris Farley had no chance of getting to 60. And my rule thus is, I'd like to establish this rule, because we see that a lot on social media. So-and-so would have turned this age today if they were still with us. Um, you can only tweet that somebody would have been X amount of years old if they led a lifestyle when they were alive, where they should have made it to that age.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like somebody who died of cancer or something. Right. Uh, like something beyond the, yeah, that yeah. It was out we're, of their control. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, or even like, I, cause I don't want to diminish, uh, you know, like, cause there's not a lot of con- like, it is a, uh, it's it's not a choice or anything to be addicted to things or anything, but it, yeah, like you, you're, there's certain people that's just, they weren't going to make it that long. They weren't yeah, going
2: to make yeah. it that long. That's why I'm yeah. asking. Am I being mean here? Cause I just I, when I saw Chris Farley would have turned sixty today, I like kind of chuckled and I'm like, God, what would Chris? If Chris? What if Chris Farley had made it to sixty?
3: You're what you're would that have looked a little, like? You're being a little bit mean, um, or also you're you're discounting the fact that some people do turn their lives around. Like Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was on a track to be like, oh, he would have been 60 today. And you know, like he, but he sobered up, yep. he got into like yoga and martial arts and all that crap. Right. And then all of a sudden he turned, um, a lesser comic book hero into like one of the biggest franchises he did. in he did. comic book movies. He yeah. did.
2: Yeah. But we don't have the benefit of knowing what would have happened if Chris Farley hit, how old was Chris Farley when he died? Do you,
3: do you, I don't
2: know. Uh, okay, I'll look it up. Uh, um, but okay. So you, you think I'm being kind of okay, mean well, with that rule. What
3: about, uh, yeah. Like what about Jimi Hendrix?
2: Uh, Farley was 33 when he died, by the way. Um, I, I don't know enough about Jimi Hendrix. His uh, like I mean, drugs. He, it was drugs. So if it was a yeah. drug
3: overdose, then I always feel like that, again, it's not like, I don't know, I don't think he was an addict or anything, but yeah. it was, um, so like, that was, it was bad luck, but also a sign of the times, yeah. you know, and what everybody was, uh, what, like, what everybody was into oh, and learning wow. back then. Wow. Like, there was a stretch there in the late 60s and early 70s where, like, it was frankly, People were just kind of ignorant about just how bad some of this stuff is. Yeah. Was. Well,
2: I didn't know Jimi Hendrix was only 27 when he died. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I'm going to plead ignorance on that. I mean, he died like a year and a half after I was born. I'm going to plead ignorance. I don't know enough about the sign of the times. I know Chris Farley like, was really, really heavy and on a cocaine a lot. You know?
3: Yeah. Well, so- oh, Jimi Hendrix was just alcohol and sleeping pills too, so it wasn't like... Wasn't like heroin okay. or anything like that. All right, well, yeah.
2: I'll take I'll, I'll I'll take the weekend to think about Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Do <laughs> okay. you think AI could tell us what Chris Farley would have looked like at sixty?
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably would have looked good. Uh, it's that's the whole thing. Um, it's it's you got to make that choice. I read this lately, uh, probably in one of my uh, L magazines or something. Uh, was that you got to choose between, leanness. Or or like or being pretty as you get older for yeah. women especially because like if they stay lean their face starts to uh, look a little too lean a little or skeletal out. A little skeletal yeah like yeah. yeah so if you stay plump you know you you fill in some of those creases and everything yeah. So I, I guess Farley would probably look like he was 27 years old, still to this day.
2: Okay, there's some disagreement with my rule. Absolutely disagree. Prince should and will be celebrated every year on his birthday. He was a genius. Yeah, but I just don't need like Prince would have been 95 years old today, like that kind of thing. I yeah, um, Prince
3: wasn't leading a lifestyle that was going to get him to 95. Right, right, right. I just thought, I'm not well, saying okay, okay. So what should what would she we should start to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree. Um, what should we do with Keith Richards? Every year on his birthday, we, should we be like, he should have died 27 no, years no, ago no, today. No, no, no,
2: no, Keith I, Richards. Like, that's, I feel like
3: that's what it should be. Like anybody the, anybody from Aero the toxic twins there from Aerosmith, okay. like Steven Tyler okay. turns 20 years older than when he should have died today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, here's what we do.
2: Because Keith Richards, Steven Tyler, all those guys are going to die someday. I think, yeah. I think, um, but they get they get celebrated in perpetuity when social media is around two hundred. Like literally, we're allowed to go once he dies. Eighty years later, <laughs> we're allowed to say Keith Richards would have been one hundred and ninety eight years old. Would have today. somehow been one hundred ninety eight <laughs> yes. years old. Today. Yeah, for those, I don't want to no, go back. I'm going
3: <laughs> to I'm going to grade them retroactively. Keith Richards should have been dead like thirty years you ago. definitely like honestly like okay, Jimmy Hendrix Jimi Hendrix dying and Keith Richards living. Uh, pretty clear injustice there. Right, right. Given the, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Keith Richards making it through somehow uh, is one of the most unfair things in the world.
2: Definitely throw Sean into the slime off of that Chris Farley take. <laughs> Which <laughs> part of it? My social media rule? The part where I thought he was moderately funny? Which part? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's, someone agreed and says, they're all worm food now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on.
3: That's true. 300 years from now, all of them will have been dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We all will be. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and all that stuff.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So I don't know. Do you approve of my social media rule? You can only tweet that somebody would have been X amount of years old today if, while alive, they'd led a lifestyle... Where they should have made it to that age.
3: I don't know if uh, allow is the right I don't, I'm pretty sure that's covered by the First Amendment, but as far as uh, if I were running a blog, yeah. if I were running an entertainment blog, right. then yes, I would not, I would forego. Saying that, like such and such would have been ninety years old today if he was clearly living a lifestyle <laughs> where he went to uh, live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. That yeah. jumped
2: out at me more than the actual videos people were posting. They're like Chris Farley would have been sixty years old today. I'm like Chris Farley at sixty? Silly rabbit. <laughs> Tricks are for I kids. think that's
3: what it is, though. It it, inter- it gives you uh, an opportunity to kind of imagine like what would have been. Like, oh, yeah, how would Chris Farley? Like, at some point, okay, a lot of comedians, at some point, like Tom Hanks started out as a comedic yes. actor, moved into drama, and did quite well with it. At some point, would Chris Farley have moved into dramatic acting? Um, I don't want to say – my gut
2: reaction is no chance because I'm thinking of the version that was alive, but
3: – I think he could have been pretty good at it, he actually. He might have,
2: in certain he roles. He would have, like –
3: he could have played, yeah, and playing like himself in some respects, yeah, playing a guy that either just didn't have control of his life or um or or what have you, I think he could have done a pretty good job of that. He there was d- obvious like there was obvious pain there, yeah, you know, if he could have tapped into that pain, then he might have been a hell of an actor,
2: I'm gonna say yes, but he would have had to get off the nose candy, and I'm not just saying because that's part of what killed him, I'm saying that he would have had to settle into a different type of personality at that point, I think too,
3: well, I remember. Uh, Chevy Chase it was one of those early SNL guys oh no I think it was Bill Murray who talked about like you know he lived through that era when all of a sudden people were doing cocaine like it was just like the new the new type of caffeine or something yeah yeah and, uh and he said he just never did it because it screwed up his timing you know right so like to your point to yeah, to clear. have the timing in a in a dramatic role or something it's pretty tricky to do if you're hopped up like you're uh you know and and uh a a speed metal band or something yep
2: yep i and pendergast with you uh a lot of help coming in on the text page (laughs) on my new social media rule we'll read some of those when we come out of the break at the top um also the astros let's circle back to the strohs ryan presley speaks this is the big questions uh surrounding the astros maybe the biggest question aside from contract extensions that need to get done injuries biggest question how does ryan presley handle A new closer in town. We heard from him yesterday. Are we buying that Ryan Presley is cool with Josh Hader? That is next.
7: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.